Friday. We stopped at a little Indian reservation and I stopped there to ask some directions, but the kids decided they wanted something to eat. Trey come out with a Snickers ice cream. When Reagan saw it, she said, oh, I need a Snickers ice cream. So, oh, go in there and get you one. So we went in. I picked up a couple of things. She came over to me and she said, this shows you what a jerk Trey is. He bought the last Snickers ice cream. (laughs) But he didn't say anything to me about it. She said, I guess I'll just get Twix. I said, okay. So we brought it. We got out in the car. We sat down. Reagan looked over at Trey and said, you are a jerk. <laughs> Trey said, what did I do? You got the last Snickers ice cream. He said, it most certainly was not the last Snickers ice cream. She said, oh, yeah, it was. I looked in the box. box was empty. He said, you looked in the wrong cooler. There was another cooler in the back. Well, what ensued was a fight. And here's what happened. About two or three volleys into this sibling war, Mama Bear come out and she looked around and she said, You shut up! She said, You're not ruining my last day of vacation. And they, you know what they did? They went, And we rolled in silence. (laughs) Don't you know that sometimes God looks down at us and wants to go, y'all shut up. Get along. Act like somebody. You're ruining it. You're ruining it. All he expects for us to do is just get along. Now, Over there in the Laodicean church, here's what he said. He said in the Laodicean church, the sin that's going to mark it, Billy, is that they're not going to be hot or cold. They're going to be lukewarm. So not only is their love toward mankind failed, but their love toward me has failed. He said that last day, church, they're they're just going to kind of be phoning it in, just kind of getting along to get along, kind of get by as best they can. And their love for me is going to be waxed cold. Don't you know when he sees us sitting in a church on Sunday morning and he thinks, all I've done is save that bunch from hell. All I've done is give them a great life with a great family. All I've done is made sure they had health enough this week to walk in that back door and breathe the air I gave them. And they can't even run their hand up and say, thank you, Lord. They can't even look toward heaven and say, God, you're good. God, you're great. He sees. I wonder if he cries. I wonder if it breaks his heart. Think about it. And then occasionally he sees a few of his chosen with their hands run up toward praise and God. Yesterday, When we landed there in Charlotte, I said, thank you, Lord. Safe trip. On the ground. Hallelujah. Every now and again, you ought to just let yourself go. Just run your little hand up and go, Lord, you've been better to me than I deserve. And I may not be feeling no goose bumps, and I may not be feeling no uh, Holy Ghost jiggly jumps or whatever it is. 
But I can tell you right now, Lord, I've been good and you've, you've treated me better than I deserve. I know that. And I ought to be dead and in hell, but I ain't dead and in hell and I'm saved and I'm way to heaven. And that in itself is enough for me to rub my little hands up and for you to see me praising you. He's watching. He's watching. He sees her situation. I've got to hurry. He sees her suffering. He sees her sufferings. He sees it. Exodus 3, 9. The Lord said, I've seen their afflictions. I'm watching. You know, the biggest lie the devil tells you when you're going through a hard place is that God don't care and that you're all alone. The, Lord, the, the devil loves to get people out on islands where they feel like nobody cares and they're all by themselves. And there's nobody interested. But I'm going to tell you something, regardless of what it is you're facing, the Lord not only sees you, but what he wants to do is he wants to develop you and help you to have a better relationship with him while you're facing it. I don't know what it is that you might be going through. I don't know what it is that you might be facing this morning. But I do know this. There's a God in heaven who sees and understands and knows what we're... Amen. That ought to be enough for everybody in here to shout the victory today, to know that we've got a God that sees what we're going through. He's not blind that he can't see. We've got a God that sees. Sees our sufferings. Sees our sufferings. I don't want want to spend much time there. Let me say this. I'm going to be done. What's God see? You know what he's really looking for? That's going to be strange. What fixes to say is real strange. When God looks at his earth, you know what he's really looking for? He's looking for himself. What do you mean, preacher? Well, He's looking for his reflection. That's right here. He's going to preach. In the tabernacle over there in Exodus, when God set up the tabernacle, he laid it out, book of Leviticus. He laid out the tabernacle as a pattern house, a place where God could temporarily dwell. Then when he sent Jesus to this earth, he laid Jesus out as the perfect house. But you know what God has chosen for his permanent house? We're his permanent house. And you know when God looks at this earth, what he wants you? You know what God looks at this earth, you know what he wants to see? He wants to see his reflection. He wants to see his people acting like him and living like him and trying to serve him. When he looks at this earth, he wants to see himself. That's all God's looking for is a reflection of himself. You know what what the church is likened to? The church is likened unto the moon. The moon, we all know and understand, has no light in itself, but it reflects the light of the sun. And during the darkest of nights, the moon shines the brightest and reflects the sun and it shines during the night. That's exactly what God expects out of Concord Baptist Church. Yancey County is a dark night. This whole world is a dark night. But there is a sun shining. But the world can't see it. So it's up to us as the church to reflect the sun. We're the only God that people are going to see. Our lives are the only Bible that people are going to read. Our job is to fully reflect the sun. That's what he's looking for when he looks at this earth. I'll say something to you. Listen to me right here. Our job is not to reflect our community. 
we, uh, we get caught in this trap of we ought to try to look like everybody else, do like everybody else. The church's job is not to look like everybody The church hadn't ought to look like everywhere else. We ought to be different. We're called out. We ought to be different. We are not called to reflect our community. We are certainly not called to reflect carnality. What do you mean, preacher? Well, we ought to hold a standard. Amen. I believe in holding a standard. A few weeks ago when I went and preached in that youth camp, the, the guy called, he's a great, a great youth pastor, a great guy. I'm not in any way disparaging him. He's a close friend of mine and he's doing a great work. But he said to me, he said, you can dress down if you want to, wear a polo. I'm preaching a polo. I said, I don't preach in polos. I might take my jacket off. But I'm, really, I'm out of my element taking my jacket off. I preach in a, in a tie and a shirt. That's how I preach. I preach in a tie and a shirt, number one, because I think it shows respect. Number two, because Billy Mitchell will kill me. So I wear my tie and my shirt because I don't feel like getting murdered in my sleep, you know. And the last thing I hear is Billy Mitchell saying, I tell you, why you I don't. So I wear my tie and my shirt. Somebody said, that's silly. Put you on a polo and preach. It's a certain standard, see. I don't want to ever reflect carnality. And I believe, I believe the preacher, Brother Gary, ought to hold the standard up here like this. Because people are going to live like this. And if the preacher puts the standard down here, people will live down here. If you put it up here, they may not get to the standard you hold, but they'll be under it somewhere, see. And so we should never reflect our community. We should never reflect carnality. But instead, we should be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, how can we do that? Read that Bible. Find out what he's like. Get close to him. If God is love, say, boy, I'm going to be loving. If God is forgiven, say, boy, I'm going to forgive everybody. Hey, if God is these things, then make up your mind. That's what you're going to be. Reflect him as best you can. What if we all just lived like Jesus? We didn't let our tempers get away from us. We were quick to forgive. We just loved on people. Oh boy. Just that, just me mentioning that is upsetting some of y'all. I said the other day, I said, listen, when you somehow, somehow you gotta walk a line. But let me tell you the line I want to walk. I want to find out where Jesus is walking and walk that line. Amen. 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 Jesus and Peter's walking down the, down the beach. And they look around and Peter says, what shall he do? John. Did you ever catch that in that conversation? Jesus and Peter wandered off from the fire to have that Peter, do you love me conversation. And when they turned around, guess where John was? Walking right behind Jesus. Peter said, what are you going to do with him? That's the way I want to be. Where's the Lord? Be getting his footsteps. Now, if you get in his footsteps and you walk, well, you walk right, just right, that'll be some of that crowd say, I stinking liberal loving everybody. And 
forgiving, everybody's thinking liberal. And then there'll be others that'll say, oh, he's a Pharisee trying to be all holy and live better than us. You'll hear it from both sides when you walk in Jesus' footsteps. You know why? Because he heard it from both sides. It's not a way to be popular. I'm not preaching on how to be popular. I'm preaching on how to walk in his footsteps. And the longer I get, the longer I live, Brother Neil, the more I'm interested in just getting in his footsteps. He's seeing us today. What's he see out of your life? I'm not, I'm not done. Go give him all the call. What's he see out of your life? You're watching. What is he seeing? What's he seeing? What's he seeing? Every now and again, I bring the GIS up and be looking at a piece of property or something. It's always entertaining to me to bring up my house and try to figure out which vehicles are sitting in the parking, you know, and, and looking at. And I'm always thinking, you know, at that time, boy, I'm glad I wasn't running outside in my underwear or something and getting my picture took on. There it is on the county's website. That'd be embarrassing. God sees it all. And he don't just see us running around like a bunch of little ants, but he sees what we're thinking and what we're feeling. He sees when we're shaking that hand and saying, God bless you, I love you, and inside I'm thinking, eat dirt and die. <laughs> he sees it. He sees it. What does he see out of your life? See, here's the bottom line. We have an altar call. What I think don't matter. What you think, what does he think? What's he seeing? What does he understand about you? That's what everybody in this building, that ought to bring, that ought to bring a fear to our heart we think about. What does God think about me right now? About where I'm living where I'm walking, what I'm doing. God help. I'm going to give an altar call. All I'm asking anybody in here to do, what I'm going to ask you to do is not to think about the person down the pew from you or in the pew in front of you or in the pew behind you. I want you to think about you. When God looks at your life, what does he see? And I want you to ask us one question. If God is looking at your life this week and watching you, is he smiling? Was he saying, boy, there's my reflection. Boy, they're doing a good job. Or as you think back through this past week, are there areas in your life where you say, you know what? That needs work. There was a lot of areas in my life this week that did not reflect him and did not, I didn't live like I should. There's areas in my life that need improvement. If so, good place to do it is around this altar. Say, Lord... When you look at me, I want you to see yourself. I want to be walking in your footsteps. Let's stand our feet, Father. Lord, thank you.